Hi guys, we're getting ready to start the radio show, the Cure Radio Show, and today it's not sunny, but at least it's not raining, so it's good, I think, that we'll have good connection, either way we always have to fix it, Pickpocket doesn't like the show, and things that are worth it are never easy, as most of us can tell. <laughs> Bobby wants to say hello. Bobby does that? Yes, Bobby wants to say hello. It's going to be a great show. We're going to talk about the people that are unheard, that they cannot speak for themselves. Like the little babies that don't yet make it out and don't have a choice. So we'd like to be their voice. And I am feeling so small. over my head I know nothing at all And I will stumble and fall I'm still learning to love Just starting to crawl Something I'm giving up on you I'm sorry that I couldn't get to you Anywhere I would have followed you The Cure with Amy Cabo Life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, with my amazing partner, Boris. I'm not so amazing. Thank you. Our show is available live on your radio, also on our app, The Cure, for any smartphone, our website, GodIsACure.com, as well as any social media. We're broadcasting live from Miami through satellite, available in 35 stations among 11 states, and soon after the show on any podcast player. This show deals with suffering, the tenacity of the human spirit, the will to survive, and the courage to keep moving forward, despite any obstacle with the help of God and each other. We do provide testimonials to let people know that they're not alone, as well as experts and inspirational speakers that can help. And in this show, the testimony started with me, having been a survivor from child abuse while to young adulthood. I do believe we're all suffering, and with the help of God, we hope to be a source of healing for each other. Of course, my cure was God, but other forms of healing are presented as well to service everyone. Life, we know, can be very challenging, but there's always someone who cares, and there's always hope. The song we played earlier was Say Something, I'm Giving Up On You, by Laura D. Sometimes we feel so small, so alone, like nothing at all. We're just learning to love, yet we stumble and fall as we learn to crawl. When all hope is gone, sometimes it seems like we should give up 
and it's beneath approach when all hope is gone. Yet our conscience calls for that little voice that will say something, that little something that always kept us going, just like the voice from the one that made it all possible, the Creator, the very reason for our existence. So yes, do say something. If God has never given up on us, why would we give up on you? So as long as we live, there is hope. A great voice for the voiceless that has a lot to say today is Reverend Walter B. Hoy II. Walter B. Hoy is a both founder and president of the Issues for Life Foundation, the California Civil Rights Foundation, founder of the Frederick Douglass Foundation of California, core member of the National Black Pro-Life Coalition, a board member of the Morning Center, which he has founded to provide free full-service maternity care for women in urban and underserved areas. A published author as well of the book Leadership from the Inside Out and serves as a leadership consultant. Walter has been preaching the gospel since 1982 and retired 2010 to dedicate his time to the pro-life movement. Reverend, welcome. You are now live on The Cure. Oh my goodness. Thank you for being so kind. It's a pleasure to be here. It's, it's such an honor to have you. Walter, what kept you going despite all the troubles on your road? I understand you endured a lot growing up. Unimaginable pain. Tell us about it. How did you get through the pain and find your purpose? I really want to show others how one can start horribly and still make a huge difference for the betterment of others. Wow. Uh, it, it really started with my, my family. Uh, at first, I, I couldn't deal with the pain. We, we would talk about my great-grandfather, who was lynched by, by the Klan, and, and the seven kids of the 14 kids in the house that were burnt alive. Uh, I, I wasn't feeling too good about America, and I, I actually wasn't feeling too good about white Americans in particular. But then my, my, my grandfather stepped in. He began to share with me how accepting Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior made all the difference in, in his heart, and how he went on to do some things that he couldn't have done before in his parents' generation. And then my dad, my dad, my dad broke the color line in the NFL in the 1960s, late 1960s, 67, I think Buddy Young went to the headquarters in New York. And my dad, while they had players in the 60s, they didn't have any black Americans working in the front office, that just wasn't possible. So my dad uh, became the first, he moved us from Detroit to San Diego, and then once we got there uh, from an all-black environment to an all-white environment, for me, it's the, the, the racism just uh, increased, and I began to see things, you know, differently again. But my dad, my dad made sure we were in church, and he kept communicating to me that uh, through Christ, I, I wouldn't be feeling what I was feeling. And then ultimately, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. 
and that changed my life. That changed my perspective entirely, and that allowed me to, to love others regardless. So now, so now it's it's Christ before color, Beautiful. and that has made a huge difference in my life and in my ministry. And I believe that this has helped you become a preacher. And as a preacher, you were saving souls, which is a super essential life job. What made you prioritizing saving the unborn? Is it because they cannot help themselves? Well, that was part of it. But let me tell you, I was, I became active in, in the pro-life movement at the birth of my firstborn son. My, my son was born a little less than six months. Uh, he weighed in at 2.1 pounds. And in the preemie war, the doctors had set me aside and told me they had done all they could, that my son was going to die. There was nothing they could do. Even the blood supply couldn't be guaranteed that it wasn't HIV AIDS tainted at the time. So while my father and I became my son's blood bank, we were still facing the reality that the hospital wasn't going to do anything more. They had done all they could, and they were just simply keeping my son comfortable. Well, I went home and prayed that night, uh, prayed all night, and I, I didn't hear from the Lord while I was praying at night. But I couldn't sleep, got up early in the morning, went back to the premium ward, and while I was holding my son in the palm of my right hand, he was then weighing 1.9. I could hold him like uh, a spoon or a fork or a knife. I started to look at him differently. I started to behold him. I noticed his eyes. I noticed his ears, his nose. I, I, before, I would only look at the, the needles, the tubes, you know, the hospital apparatuses that were all around him. But this time, I was beholding my son. And as I was beholding my son, that's when God spoke to me. That's when God answered my prayer. And God simply told me this. He said, Walter, this is what's supposed to be on the inside of a woman. And then he stopped. That's all, all I heard from him. But after he said that, and after God spoke to him, I knew instantly what abortion was and what abortion does. And that changed my life dramatically. Wow, that's amazing. That is an amazing story, Walter. And nobody has sacrificed so much that I've heard of, that I know of, for someone like you because you were even sent to jail trying to help these women find a different option for their child and to avoid ending their life. And that's something that I, I, I can't even fathom. What happened to freedom of speech? Are you not allowed to speak God to people? Are you not allowed to prevent the killing of others. This is something that I really want to go into. How in America did this happen? Can you tell us about this? We have one minute. My goodness. Uh, well, essentially, I was ch challenged 
to come to the abortion clinic, and I accepted it. The challenge was that they thought it would be difficult for a woman to walk by her priest, her pastor, her deacon, her elder, someone she knew in the pulpit, her preacher. And I was the first one, so I was there holding a sign that says, God loves you and your baby, let us help you. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's just unfortunate. We will continue talking about this when we return. Thank you guys for listening. If you have an abortion story or you helped someone with it, please call 866-34-TRUTH. We will be right back with Amy Cavill and The Cure. Welcome back to The Cure. This is Amy Cabo, and thanks for tuning in. The song that just played was Hope by Gabby Barrett and Charlie Puth. Now, I just love the rhythm of this song, and I had to play it. And I can still tie it into the show. <laughs> Relationships don't always work out, and we know karma exists. I believe there's more to it than that, like leaving yourself open to pickpocket when you do something wrong, when you do someone wrong. But that's another show. God tells us we shouldn't wish anything bad on anyone, but pray for everyone. Nonetheless, we view justice as the person receiving the exact same treatment. Careful that it doesn't change who we are in our actions or in our thoughts. For even the smallest negative thoughts could lead to greater evils. It's just better not to entertain them at all. Someone else's hurtful actions should never change who we are or the way we think, even though we don't forget. Just careful not to confuse hurt feelings with actions that lead to regret. We are talking to Walter B. Hoyle, who is speaking for the voiceless. Walter, before we went on break, I understand that you were moved by your personal experience to to be there for the unborn and as a result being a god of man you stood in front of the abortion clinic with a sign saying 
God loves you and your baby, and then you, you were jailed for it. Can you please go into that? Uh, yes. Um, it turned out that it was extremely difficult for the women to walk by uh, without talking to me. Many of the sisters walking by, they would say, hey, preacher, they, they'd recognize me as a preacher in the pulpit. Nice. And they would, they would want to talk. They would look at my sign that said, God loves you and your baby, let us help you. And they would literally say, Preacher, is it true that God loves me? And I would say, oh, yes, it's true God loves you. And they said, well, Preacher, is it true that God loves my baby? And for the mother, it was her baby. It wasn't tissue. It wasn't a clump of cells. It wasn't a fetus. It was her baby. And I would tell her, oh, yes. God loves you, and God loves your baby. And then the sister, she would just uh, get right in my face, and she would say, well, preacher, if it's true, if it's true that God loves me, and if it's true that God loves my baby, will you help me? And that's what we did. It, it didn't really matter what she needed. Uh, it could be groceries. It, it, it could be that she needed a place to stay for a few days that she could actually think about it just by herself. And we would supply everything she needed. It could be a doctor. It could be a nurse. It, it didn't matter what she needed. Sometimes she wanted me to talk to her boyfriend. I, I really enjoyed that particular assignment. <laughs> and because we helped her, word got out. I, I, I'm, I'm in my church. I'm working in my church. I only got one day a week I can come out. I only had two hours uh, that one day a week. And so word had got out that there was a black preacher on the public sidewalk carrying a sign that was actually helping women. And one particular day, Tuesday, the abortion clinic had 27 appointments. There was no way they could do 27, you know, abortions and two-hour time frame. But they were booking them, and they were going to keep them and just make the money. It was just about the money. Well, the women weren't coming for the abortion. They had heard there was a preacher on the public sidewalk helping women. And they were literally lining up, waiting for me to finish helping one before I would start helping the other one. And that got to be too much for the abortion clinic. So essentially, they ultimately got with the mayor, the, the city council, they got with the city attorney, they got with the chief of police, the executive director of the abortion clinic and the leader of the abortion clinic escort team that was there. They all got together and they decided to take a page from Daniel. We know that Daniel was guilty of nothing but praying, and so they had to get Daniel by making praying illegal. Well, wow. they did the same thing. They made standing on a public sidewalk, holding a sign that says, God loves you and your baby, let it help you. Having a conversation and passing out literature illegal. Oh my goodness. The police hated it. They said they had, you know, real crime. They, they didn't need to take their time but you did, you did end up going to jail, didn't you, for years? Yeah, yeah, I ended up, well, not for years. I ended up going to jail. But oh. let, me, let me say this, Andy. 
I was uh, arrested. And you know how they put their hand on top of your head to kind of stuff you in the back seat of the police car? Yeah, yeah. The I've done been there. On my head. Okay. And he saw my hat. My hat says, got, uh, got G. And I wear it all the time. And he says, you know, your hat violates the law. Oh. I, I said, what? He says, Jesus has a tendency to discourage women from having an abortion. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So since then, I, I, I wear the hat and the glasses all the time, every day. And yes, I was facing four years in jail. But what changed that was that the in the court, the abortion clinic was struggling trying to find women to witness against me in court. You know, I was helping everybody, so there was no women testifying against me in court. So the executive director became the only witness. She got up and stand on, on the stand in court, and she lied. And it just so happened that we just simply asked her, why don't you just play the videotape from that day in question that you're talking about? Well. Somehow their videotape from their security company got destroyed. Somehow yeah. it just wasn't available. How well, convenient. Let me you, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. I had videotape. I was taping that day, not knowing that it would ever be important to me. I was simply taping what it was like to be on the public sidewalk so that my church team would be able to go back and actually train others in my church. I had to let the members in my church know that if they treat you like they were treating me, you can't be non, you can't be violent. You've got to be non-violent. So I wanted them to see what it was like to be out there. It was, I was training. It turns out it was the exact two days of video that I was gonna be in court with. And so when we announced that, well, we've got video tape, it almost blew up. Wow, that was God. That was God. That was definitely God. Because not only that, you were falsely accused. That is horrible. We will continue talking about this on The Cure when we return with this amazing person. If you guys have any stories you would like to share with us, 866-34-TRUTH. Please call. We'll be right back with Amy Cavill and The Cure. Shattered like you've never been before. The life you knew in a thousand pieces on the floor. And words fall short in times like these. But this world drives you to your knees. Think you're never gonna get back to the youth they used to be. Tell your heart to beat again. Close your eyes and breathe it in. Let the shadows fall away. Step into the light of grace. Yesterday is a closing door. You don't. And 
And now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back. And this is Amy Cabo. Welcome to The Cure. And remember, we're live at 1 p.m. on your radio on the app, and, and on God is the Cure. The song we just played was Tell Your Heart to Beat Again by Dan Gokey. For those of us who have experienced abortion, it's shattering. I remember the, the times the world drove me to my knees and tried to destroy my spirit, where my life hit me from every direction and my dreams fell to the floor into a thousand pieces. I thought I would never be the same. That is until through prayer, I stepped into the light of grace. God said, close that door. You don't live there anymore. Let the shadows fade away. Say goodbye to where you've been and then your heart will beat again. We are talking to Walter B. Hoy, who is speaking on behalf of the unheard. Walter, since we were talking about Planned Parenthood, just a curious question. What do you think is the number one killer of black lives? Do we have him? Yes. Sorry, we didn't hear you earlier. Uh, that, that's an excellent question. There, there's, no, there's no argument here uh, regarding that. When you consider the 13 leading causes of death in black America, 13 leading causes of death, some about heart disease, cancer, diabetes, homicide, if you want to include that part of the, the 13 leading causes of death, abortion alone in my community, outstripped is more than all 13 leading causes of death in black America. Abortion is the number one cause of death in black America. How about 22 million black Americans died due to abortion from 1968 to 2018? Look, would you consider this a form of genocide? I'll give you some examples of what's been said, okay? The founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, said that colored people are like human weeds and need to be exterminated. She also said, the most merciful thing a large family does to one of its own infants is to kill it. Here's one of the justices, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This is her quote. Frankly, I had thought that at the time Roe was decided, there was a concern about population growth and particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of. And Walter, that's the world we live in. A world with no heart and no conscience. But thank God there's plenty of good people left. Oh, I oh we have, a, we have a, a caller. Michelle from Utah. 
You have a question, Michelle? Yes, thank you for having me. It's actually, I wanted to praise the pastor for his work, but I wanted to, um, just putting my two cents worth, because what Amy has been saying about Margaret Tanner is absolutely true, and it's the dirty little secret in terms of eugenics, and eugenics was Hitler's primary reason for the extermination of nine million people. And eugenics is actually the practice of breeding those with hereditary and desirable characteristics. And it wasn't just Negroes that Margaret Sanger said she wanted to control through education and abortion, so, in quotes, it was also the feeble-minded and those impoverished areas who would not be able to support a family or a large family, and anyone with disease, including drinking, including tuberculosis, including any disease, those parents would also have to be sterilized. And that was a Hitlerian, a Hitlerian uh, premise. And even to the point where she would participate in KKK rallies, us, by the way, side note, the Democratic Party. And I think this, this, just this alone would help educate our black mothers who are making this horrific decision. This alone, because the population of black America has not surpassed 13% and has teeter-tottered between 12.7 and 13% for 100 years. Okay, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, Walter, what do you think about that? Well, I, I want to say a couple of things. One, uh, she, she's right. Even the employees of Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, now Planned Parenthood is headquartered in New York, even their employees in their open letter to Planned Parenthood admit that Margaret Sanger was a racist. <laughs> they said, that's just the way it was. That's history. So this is not just you know, some pro-lifers talking about this. This is coming from the employee of Planned Parenthood, the black employee of Planned Parenthood, in an open letter. It's documented now that, yes, Margaret Sanger was a racist. And if you want to take a look at our population, she mentioned that you, you've got to uh, consider a couple of things here. One, if you go back to the 1800s, our fertility rate was 7.9. If you come all the way up to today, we're down to 1.8. Now, wow. 2.1 is the replacement level. In other words, if you have less than 2.1, then you're no longer replacing yourself. And so here we are. We're down below replacement level. But now here's the point. If black America continues to abort her children at the rate she is right now, the same rate, no more, no less. Black America's got about 30 years, 2060, before she reaches 1.3, 1.4. And when you get down that low, you're getting down to the point of what the researchers call irreversibility. In other words, there's no economic model that can allow your demographic to rise again. This is strictly from the pits of hell. Wow. You, you talk about an echo effect. What is it that you refer to as the echo effect? The, the echo effect is that the impact of abortion 
has killed so many. And you, you, you mentioned it earlier, 22 million and above. And when you consider that the echo effect, these are children that would have been born. Hmm. These are children uh, that would be voting now. Hmm. Uh, th these are numbers that would have added to our current population rate. Oh my goodness. Uh, but when you look at the loss of life and then the echo effect, we're talking about having fewer and fewer children and it has impacted us in so many ways. One, uh, we're no longer the leading minority in America. We used to be. We used to be, but now we're the, the number two of my minority. And it's just continuing. Even our political power, oh my goodness, is shrinking because our population is shrinking. After a while, it won't really matter because we will have reached irreversibility. Wow. So, but why is it still continuing? Well, uh, it's continuing because black leadership has got to step up and start preaching this on the pulpit. It really doesn't matter what we hear in mainstream media that, you know, they're out there, they're loud, and they're obnoxious, but that's not really where black Americans get the truth from. When the leadership in the pulpit stands up and says, you know what, in Exodus chapter 1, we've got a late-term abortion, and we can see where Pharaoh was. Hmm. And then we can see where God was, and then we can see where the midwives were, and then we can see what God did for the midwives, how he blessed them for being pro-life, for saving the life of that very young, just born baby boy, and how God blessed their families. And when you begin to preach the truth about life, how it's created in the image of God, oh, oh my goodness, you begin to reach the heart and in the black church and it also hope it also helps to know that there is hope sometimes we do things that we feel we have no other choice so that's why I'm glad we have this show today to let people there is hope call us 866-34-TRUTH we will be right back with Amy I hope you like the show, cause it's on a budget. So Udi la di do, yeah. Come on, here we go, yeah. Come on, here we go. Set in your best face on everybody. Pretend you love this song. Everybody come hang. Let's go out with some bang. I'm way too young to lie here forever. I'm way too old to try. So whatever, come hang. Let's go out with 
now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in. I'm Amy Cabo. The song that just played, I mean the awesome song that just played, was Bang by AJR. Another great rhythm song. Hope you like the show. We get up and we get down. It's a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. Hey, let's put our best face on and pretend you know the song. If you think it, you have it. Or at least you can act as if you do. When we think good things, good things happen. So come hang everybody, every single one of God's children. If this is the third time around, and it's strike three and you're out, or third time it's a charm, then let's do it right and let's go out with a bang. Bang, 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 like that? Bam, bam, bam. Sorry, I don't have rhythm. <laughs> We're talking to Walter B. Hori about this amazing job as a pro-life activist. Walter, do you think that Americans have the right to say that abortions is wrong? Seems in this cancel culture, now people are afraid to speak up. Are we allowed to reject payment for what we find morally wrong in taxes and against our religion, like the Little Sisters of the Poor? Do we get that option also? <laughs> do we have Walter? No, we do. Oh. Walter? <laughs> okay. Yes, we do. <laughs> and I want to encourage everyone to hear what you're saying. And Thank there you. is hope and that God never fails. So while we may not necessarily see the results we want to see right now, right away, instantly, God never fails. And so I, I'm trusting and hoping everyone's listening to you, Amy, because you're speaking the truth. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so basically we have rights. But not not really, because apparently par Planned Parenthood receives millions of dollars in subsidy from the government. Well, I didn't know our taxpayers was going to that. I just recently found that out. Um, but uh, uh, go ahead. Go, uh, the abortion clinic gets over five hundred, maybe six hundred million dollars a year from the taxpayer. This is, you know, obviously being forced on, on the taxpayers. And we're currently working very hard uh, to remedy that. Nice. Because, I mean, we do have religious freedom. I don't feel right about paying for something that's against my religion. I'm with the Little Sisters of the Poor. So, but you are a very central figure in many foundations with the most unique goal ever, ending abortions issuesforlife.org. Tell us about your work. I want people to know that there's hope. I was forced into my abortion because I didn't think I had a choice. I want people to know there's choices. Well, well, Amy, my heart is breaking. I just want you to know that I love you and I thank God for you. You're such a blessing. Thank you. Uh, about the Issues for Life Foundation, we focus on black leadership. And now we have probably the, the leading program in the country that moves black leadership from A to B. And I, we don't have time to, to really get into it, but it, it's highly effective to the extent that one pastor literally stood up during our Underground Railroad 
and literally confessed his sin for the first time in wow. front of his wife. Wow. Oh my goodness. And so our program is extremely unique and it's, it's needed so much right now. So it's a place where people have friends, someone to talk to, people that are willing to help them, people that actually care. Because I thought going through three nuns of the Catholic religion, they cared, but they just told me to read the story of Job. You know, I want people to know there's a lot out there other than living with the horrible memory of having done this. People don't realize it. They're lied to. They're told they're, they're a clump of cells. And, but it can destroy you for a long time. I have to admit. You mean the baby is just well, self? No, it destroys the mother. Right. Of all the things that I've been through, and I've been through a lot, if you read my book, nothing hurt me more than this, knowing that I hurt another living soul. Especially in that way. My own child. It's not an easy thing to deal with. They make it sound simple, but then we're left with it. Um, there's a, actually uh, a, a quote from Martin Luther King I'm very pr uh, that I'm, I really admire. Cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it politics? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But the conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when one must take a position that is never safe, nor politics, nor popular, but one must take it because it's right. In other words, do the right thing, no matter what, no matter how scary, no matter how wrong people tell you it is. In your heart, in your conscience, you know it's true. I also saw this quote. It is, a it is poverty to decide that a child must die so that you may live as you wish. Mother Teresa of Calcutt. And I hear... Go ahead. My goodness. Uh, when you mentioned Dr. Martin Luther King, here's, here's one more quote to consider. And this is, was, was published in Ebony Magazine back in the 60s. Dr. King says this, my friend, we cannot win the respect of the white people of the South or elsewhere if we are willing to trade the future of our children for our personal safety and comfort. Wow. Everything you said, uh, Amy, is just right on target and you are just a dear, dear friend to all of us that are fighting for life in America. So are you. You know, we all come together for one great purpose, and that's God. And that's Jesus, the name above all names. I cannot even begin to tell you what great works and wonders he's done in my life, and what terrible, horrible places I've been. So I get it. I definitely get it, and I understand. I'm glad I do. For that, I'm grateful everything that I've been through. But you're also trying to help, Walter. I, I understand you're also starting a TV show, uh, TV show Choose Life, on God's Learning Channel. <laughs> I love God's Learning Channel, and, and Amy Cooper, if you're listening, uh, know that we love you. <laughs> and we've got about maybe 
10, 12, maybe 14 episodes so far, and uh, I think it's just been a God-given opportunity, and I really want to thank Amy Cooper for this, this great, great opportunity. Yes, and it, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing. People like you really, really, I, I just, I see so much sadness and so much hurt and so many bad things happening, but then people like you make it all worthwhile. To, to, together, God is using both of us to accomplish His will. And so let's just continue to trust Him and rely on Him. Okay, we'll try to do that. <laughs> we have only a couple of minutes left. Um, Walter, do you think you can lead us in in, in prayer? Oh, I, I, I'd be happy uh, to do that. And uh, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we come to you, understand that you are God and that all by yourself. We want to thank you for your son Jesus Christ who hung, bled, and died that we might have a second chance on life. Father God, we're praying for those that are hurt, praying for those that are suffering, praying for those that just don't know what to do or, or where to go to find relief from the pain. We're asking, Lord, that you would touch their heart in a special way, in a way that only you can, in a way that leads them to your son Jesus Christ. We pray this in the precious, the matchless, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, Walter, thank you. thank you so much for being in the show. God bless you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for all your work. More information on Walter B. Hoyle can be found on issuesforlife.org. Or is that the best way to uh, to get in touch with you, Walter? It is. Go to the, the website issues, the number four, life.org, and you can leave me feedback right there on the homepage. It, it, it gets to me, and uh, I look forward to, you know, all the feedback that we get. Great. You also have a Facebook page that's very informative. I love your Facebook page. <laughs> cool. Oh, wow. Again... Thank you for, for being so kind. Bless you. Bless you. And thank you to our audio producer, Jasper, for being with us today. He makes this show sound awesome. Thanks to Robbie Dilmore of Kingdom Pursuit and the Christian car guy, busy guy, for his continuing <laughs> guidance and his love and dedication for others. His shows are truly awesome, inspiring, and informative. This yeah. is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. Please check our podcast soon after the show, The Cure with Amy Cabo. Uh, that's going to be available wherever podcasts are. Our app, The Cure, or our website, GodIsTheCure.com. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And please rate it, especially if you rate it five stars. Oh, and leave us a comment too. That would be great. <laughs> you guys keep faith. Keep the faith. Don't lose hope. God will see us through anything as he has in the past. We are not strangers to tough times, and we will get through this. Until next Saturday at 1 p.m., much love and God bless. 
Thank you to our listeners. Until next week, peace from God in your hearts, now and always. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to The Care with Amy Cabo. For more information or to get Amy's book, Love is the Answer, God is the Cure, or to listen to the podcasts of previous shows, visit godisthecure.com.